Hello everyone and welcome out to this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Hee I'm Nick Nitro and before we begin with today's Yes, but to be honest with you guys, probably a very long episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Hee A little FYI to our sponsors That's right, our sponsors, It's All Been Done Radio Hour It's All Been Done Radio Hour, found at itsallbeendoneradiohour.com is a live comedy show in the style of old time radio serials performed monthly at Matt Lab Theater in Columbus, Ohio and then it is also podcasted weekly it has five rotating programs, which make up our very geeky show, which is roughly about PG-13 rated. Some plots and character arcs will be ongoing, but most are enjoyable as standalone serials. Go to the website, it's all been done, for more information. Also, Good, Bad, and Geeky Live. It's uh, Jimmy, Nathan, and I uh, podcasting, and we do uh, some serials as well. Um, but, you know, come out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a uh, Doctor Who slash Back to the Future parody called Why Not Green Adventures in Space. And we're also doing, at least for one year, uh, Adventures of Rocky and Boinkle. So that, that's a lot of fun. Okay. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Good Bad Geeky. Get a 30-day trial. Get an audiobook from it, too. It's pretty freaking awesome. Um, I read Felicia Day's book. I read Bill Carter's book about late night. And I, I actually just got the late shift too. Really freaking cool you get. Yeah, you get. Um, so please check that out. Again, that's uh, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. It's a three-day trial with over 180,000 to 200,000 titles to choose from. And that helps us out, by the way. So please uh, check that out. Also, packratcomics.com. Packratcomics.com uh, has more information on how you can go to the Eisner Award-winning show, which, by the way, you can only win the Eisner Award for a best comic store only once. That's pretty freaking great, you guys. So please check them out, packratcomics.com. Also, our live show there, April 9th at 7 p.m. Our next show is Free Comic Book Day on May 7th and then May 14th. Um, our shows on April 9th and May 14th uh, start at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6.30, so please check it out. <clears throat> okay. Here we go, guys. This episode is... Um, <clears throat> this episode is about Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice. And I felt so frustrated by this movie... That I really, and here's the thing, a lot of people out there are saying it's the worst movie ever, and I, I would not say that. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to go with it's an okay movie, but it fails spectacularly when it fails. It just doesn't fail like as a half measure. It fails spectacularly. Um, so uh, this this episode has a lot of spoilers. So just FYI, keep that in mind. Okay, here we go. The movie starts off with the death of Bruce's parents, Martha and Thomas Wayne. And, you know, and that's important to remember. Thomas and Martha Wayne. And, you know, there's a lot of slow motion in here, and it, which is, again, that's Zack Snyder's, you know, M.O. is slow-mo shots and all that. It's, it's nice. I, and then, it, meanwhile, as it's doing that, it's also juxtaposition between the actual burial of Thomas and Martha Wayne at Wayne Manor. Um, or the graveyard near Wayne Manor, I don't know. Anyway, um... The end of the clip, which I thought was rather figurative and I didn't really care for, um, was the end of the bit where the bats hit Bruce and then Bruce just stands up and just looks up into the where he fell from and it's like the bats are lifting him up. And I get the imagery and what they're trying to say, but it's kind of bullshit, I, I feel. And um, again, it's good symbolism, but... If the symbolism was going anywhere, that would make sense to me. Um, but it doesn't. And we then start with uh, to present day, but then go back 18 months when the world was first introduced to the Superman. Um, and that was... I'm not going to lie. I got chills from that opening sequence. Matter of fact, 
I was watching this sequence, and my first thought was, this maybe might not be as bad as everyone's saying it is. Um, of course, I finished the movie, and that changed a little bit. But um, so yeah, and during it, you know, we get a lot. I mean, it's very much nine one one imagery, which I thought Man of Steel was, and in, in general. But uh, it's all from Bruce's perspective, so we're not seeing shit as it's happening with Superman and Zod. If you want that, that's Man of Steel. But in Batman vs. Superman, we see it all from Bruce's perspective, and we really see that, you know, there's one a Wayne employee, a, a security guard, who his legs are crushed, and he will probably lose his legs. Um, and then there's this other little girl that, that Bruce saves as Bruce, not as Batman, but as Bruce Wayne. Um, and he's like, little, little girl, where's your parents? Like, what's wrong? What, where, I'll, I promise you I will get her. And she points up to this building that is just gone. And your heart breaks. I mean, again, it's a very powerful scene. It's very, it's wonderfully done. Um, and then you cut to somewhere in Africa or the Middle East or somewhere where um, Jimmy Olsen, who, whose name you only hear about for like maybe five seconds, um, and Lois Lane are uh, held at gunpoint, and uh, someone tells uh, the the leader of the of the gang there um, that, and you get a sense that there's the actual gang leader, and there's uh, some militants who are working for him that aren't really for his cause, but they're just paid to be there, um, and the militants tell the leader. This guy, this photographer, he's with the, he's a plant with the CIA, and he's he's the photographer, and they shoot him in the head, killing him. I, I horribly mishandled of Jimmy Jimmy Olsen. Um, look, is he like a live? You know, like are we going to die without Jimmy Olsen in the movie franchise? No, but I think that's a pretty shitty way to handle the character. Um, like when you think of Superman, you think of Superman. You think of Lois Lane, you think of Perry White, you think of Jimmy Olsen, and then you think of some of his foes like Lex Luthor um, and, and so on. So it is a, it really is truly a bit of, a, of, of something to be disheartened about, about having Jimmy Olsen die like that. Um, so anyway, um, Superman shows up and uh, does his uh, superhero landing, which is bad because Deadpool made fun of it so well, um, and Superman, when he lands, just constantly does the superhero landing. So, yeah. Uh, it took a little bit of the, of the gravitas of the scene when he does that, but Superman uh, beats the shit out of the guy who's holding Lois hostage, and... Um, Meanwhile, from that, we cut to uh, a government hearing where Holly Hunter's senator um, is holding a trial against Superman. And they're questioning the validity of Superman. Matter of fact, um, the there's a big question about how Superman is being portrayed around the world. And, like, is he a god? Is he a man? Like, what is he? Is he on our side? Will he turn against us? What's... And again, here's the thing. It's it's a valid story point, and I I appreciate it tenfold. I, I actually like the story point. Um, I just think, again, it, it's just horribly and misappropriately handled that it, 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 it truly is a crime. Um, Clark gets back from his trip, and Lois is in the tub soaking because she's sore, or I guess. I don't know. They don't... I, I just feel like that's a, a poor scene. Like, it's just poor staging. Um, I don't really understand the purpose of her being in the tub. Um, that's my opinion. I, I don't really necessarily get... You know, understand that. But um, they talk, and she goes, you know, maybe you shouldn't be dating. Maybe we shouldn't be together because, you know, it's stopping you from saving other people. And he's like, no, I, I'm saving people just fine. Um, and, you know, you are what what makes me... You are what makes me me. Um, which I really, really dug. You know what I mean? Um, so... Uh, because I, I, I do, I, I really do like that little bit where 
Um, Lois keeps him grounded a little bit, but um, <clears throat> I feel like that's getting to a very dangerous point um, where he, uh, the movie makes it off that Lois is the only thing that keeps him sane and on the side of angels instead of the side of demons, um, which that bothers me a little bit. Um, Superman treats his, his job as Superman as a burden, and that, that really that really irks me. And I think, again, uh, the film fails spectacularly on some major things. And I, the thing is that sucks is that if you would have given, if you would have given Jimmy and I the, uh, the script, give a, given us maybe five days uh, non-step to work on it, and then do a week of reshoots, and then maybe another month or so of special effects uh, added or whatever, I feel the movie could have been amazing. Um, and I know there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of the movie, um, which is spectacular because I, I really do wonder if that would have made the movie better. Um, I, I, I sincerely doubt it because I, I feel that Zack Snyder doesn't truly grasp or appreciate uh, Batman and Superman. I feel like he read Batman, uh, Batman's The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller uh, years ago. And he really just loved that fight scene between Superman and Batman. And um, and that's what he took away from Batman and Superman. He didn't take away anything else. Um, really at all. Because um, here's the thing. Look, you can ground Superman, and that's fine. But you need to... Like, Man of Steel took the character of Superman and made him... And humanized him a good deal. Maverick, I need to. I want to rewatch that. I will probably rewatch it after um, doing this episode here. But uh, I feel like with that, they there's a level of there. He's humanized on Man of Steel to a point. In this, uh, granted, they failed a little bit on Man of Steel uh, spectacularly with that ending. But um, in this one. They don't really. Uh, he he he's just so fucking depressed about it. He's very burdened by being Superman, and that bothers me on so many levels, um, because it makes the ending less. It makes the ending flawed, um, and not as important. So anyway, but where where was I? So Clark, and so the series, the, the Senate hearings are happening. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg, really, 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 wants to kill Superman. And he believes that the Senate hearing is doing a great job of that, but he needs something. And that is, off the coast, they found kryptonite. Apparently, some of the rock that was actually started to be terraformed into krypton, well, it's kryptonite. And so uh, Lex is trying to let the senator and the Congress allow that the import-export of kryptonite into America so he can continue. And also he's working on um, getting access to uh, the, 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 the spaceship crashing uh, crash in Metropolis. Um, and then, of course, also uh, Doomsday. Uh, not Doomsday. Well, he becomes Doomsday, but General Zod's body. Um Uh, mm. beyond that Luther has no well there's not beyond that there is no point where Luther has motive for what he's doing against Superman you get a semblance that he he doesn't trust things he doesn't understand but again it's it's poor writing at that point and here's the thing uh, people either love or hate Jesse Eisenberg in this movie and, and I gotta tell you Jesse Eisenberg in my opinion does a good job. Um, I think, as a matter of fact, I think every actor in the movie does a wonderful job. I just think that the dialogue, the, the motivations for the characters and why they do things, it, it, it fails the actors. Um, I have a really good analogy for Batman versus Superman, and I'll say that towards the end of my little spiel here, but because um, we're not done. We're not done yet. Meanwhile, there's a party at Luther Corp, uh, Lex Corp, whatever, where, um, and by the way, I'm, I'm pouring water as I, as I 
as I speak, just because uh, I am a thirsty boy. Also, my throat's getting a little dried out, so. Um, or I could have peed. You don't know, right? Right? No, I'm kidding. Um, sorry, that was a bad joke. I don't know why I said that. Uh, and Lech, uh, he's trying to hack Luther's um, corporation. That's the first time he meets Clark. Now, what's really great here is that Clark has lately been bothered by Batman's activities. Um, and you get a sense that Batman is sort of irked by the fact that Batman gets praised and is sort of allowed to run loose while Superman is not. You know, and there's a real fundamental flaw with that a little bit. Um, and again, it comes down to joy that the characters express and they feel in the movie. None of the characters feel joy. Um, like, look, I get that with Batman. You know, compared... Okay, Batman and Iron Man are sort of the same character, but Iron Man's Tony Stark is kind of a lovable playboy, right? Bruce Wayne is not that at all. Bruce Wayne is a bit of a troubled soul. He doesn't really find humor in a lot of things, and if he does... He's a funny ho ho guy, definitely not a funny ha ha guy, which means he laughs to himself. He doesn't go, ah, <laughs> that was funny. He doesn't do that. He's just like, that was funny. You know what I mean? He, uh, well, Tony Stark is like, what? You don't like uh, my sarcasm wit? Ha 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 ha. Quirky, quirky, snide remark. <laughs> That's Tony Stark. And Bruce Wayne, it, it, they, they completely contrast each other, right? So. Um, at the party, though, Bruce and Clark meet each other. Clark gets a sense with his super hearing that, Bru that Bruce is there for some nefarious purpose. And, and they quite, pretty quickly figure out that he is... Well, we in the audience realize that Clark figures out that Bruce Wayne is probably Batman. Um, which is pretty great, but also pretty fucking sad because... In the comic books, Batman's a detective. Clark Kent is not a great detective. Um, my dad, one of my, my favorite stories that my dad ever told me was um, that uh, <laughs> there was the world's greatest detective. Who's the world's greatest detective? Batman thought it was himself, and so they erase each other's memories. And what happened was that apparently um, uh, uh, whoever found each other first and found out they were Batman and Superman. It was kind of like a, not only am I going to erase my memory of who you are, but I'm going to erase your, my memory of who I am. So, like, Clark started freaking out that he was Superman. Like, he didn't even know he was Superman. He just knew he had powers. Batman found out within, like, a day or two that he was Bruce Wayne and he was Batman and that Clark was Superman. Like, it, it was pretty fucking rad, um, the way my dad told me that. I've never read it, though. I, I want to be clear. That's how my dad has explained it to me. And that, to me, in my mind, has always lived up to the differences between Batman and Superman, which is Superman has his amazing strength, his search for justice, truth in the American way. Um, and then there's Batman, who's just like, I'm just really fucking smart and a good detective. You know, I'm really good at what I do. So, um, yeah. But you get a sense that... Clark, of all people, is a better detective than Batman is, um, which is really depressing a little bit. Um, or you just see in the movie that he does, or it feels like Clark does way more detectiving than Batman does. Batman, though, uh, hacks Lick's corpse system and also meets uh, Diana, this girl who ends up being Wonder Woman. Uh, and she's looking for a photograph that Lex has. Um, and... Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the Senate hearing continues, and Luther it, it gets denied by Holly Hunter's character uh, to get Kryptonite in, and that really pisses him off. So, um, he also starts working with the security guard. Remember that dude, uh, Scoop McMeary, uh, the security guard from the beginning of the movie? He is being put into a wheelchair, and he is um, designed by Luther. And he's going to testify against Superman. And they really want Superman to testify. And now, <clears throat> I'll throw it out there too. Batman's sort of doing some detective work. But um, it just feels like he's just beating the shit out of people. He's not really doing actual detective work. He's just, you know, oh, that, that person is over there who told you that info? Thanks. 
and then he brands the guy. And apparently in the movie, they say if you get the brand of the Batman, like you take the Batarang and you, he brands it to your skin, if you go to jail, you're going to get killed. So he's giving people death sentences, which is just bizarre to me. He uses guns too, which is not... I'm sorry, it's not Batman to me. Um, but I digress. Moving along. Uh, oh, shit, where was I? So Scoot McNeary's in the chair. Um, Batman is looking for... Uh, for this bomb that where what you think is a bomb he's actually looking for kryptonite um a, a way that he can stop superman he finds it in uh the kryptonite that luther wants to bring in town um luther though is getting the security guard from the beginning of the movie to testify against superman and meanwhile while this is all happening superman is sort of um doing heroic deeds but again there's no joy in what he does you know, like there's one moment where he saves a little girl, and the whole town, the whole town of people, just come up to him and they treat him like a god. They bow to him and they sing praises to him, and um, and instead of being, you know, kind of like, like, what's the again? I don't blame Henry Cavill, Cavill, Cavill for this. I don't know how to say his name. Um, I don't blame him for his performance in this, but he sort of just looks at him like, oh God. Why do people do this to me? Why? I'm torn by this. Why do they do this? And instead of being kind of like, don't worry, I saved your, I saved your daughter. Please, please, don't, don't do this. I, I just saved your daughter. Please. There's no need to... But that's not the look that he was giving. It was more of a pain like, why are you doing this? Please, oh my God, stop. Like, it pains me that you do this. It's not like a... I'm embarrassed that you do this. I, I just saved your life. Anyone else would have done the same, even though that's not true. That's what it should have been. And so there's never a moment that Superman is enjoying what he's doing um, and that he enjoys the, the, you know, and that he, he understands there's a conflict. And matter of fact, have him even recognize the fact that, you know, he's pissed that the, that the government is after him for all the good he's done. Like, there's never... There's never a point where Clark recognizes what he did in the first movie of Man of Steel, uh, and, and that's and that's huge. Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a plot point really when you think about it because when the movie reaches its climax and thus denouncement and thus end of the movie, I don't care. I don't care that Superman dies at the hands of Doomsday. I don't care. And the thing, though, is that if you just added one or two scenes or maybe a few bits of dialogue, it would have fixed it. You would have got a real sense of... You would have started to care for Clark Kent as Superman. Um, you know... And, and it's just a general... And this is the kind of stuff that the, the whole movie has problems with. Where there are wonderful things set out in front of you, and they're just not being handled properly or with care. Um, Luther gets access to the ship and starts taking the kryptonite. He snuggles it, uh, or not snuggles, he uh, gets it through to customs and sneaks it on to his company and takes and makes a, a, a kryptonite scalpel and begins peeling the skin off of Zod's fingers and uses the skin as, like a, as a fingerprint to access the spaceship um, that's stuck in Metropolis in a, in a little protective whatever, and he begins to harness the, the the stuff there for you know the technology. What does it do? What is what does it can do? Like what 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 universe? Uh, what's the universe have to show him? And he begins learning all these kinds of things and um, and all this. Meanwhile, Bruce is being the shit out of people, and you know it, it's to the point where I don't really freaking know anymore at what point shit started to go down but but bruce starts to train to take down superman he actually breaks in um well actually let me rephrase that so there's a big turning point in the movie where where bruce already hates batman and again we don't we need more than the whole concept that you know he could kill us all because look i get that anytime he meets a new super friend um matter of fact there's a great movie called uh, i think it's called dune um, Justice League Dune, where uh, someone breaks into the bat, uh, the bat computer, or the bat, bat computer, or whatever, the bat caves, bat computer, 
and um, hacks his files and all the Justice League members, where he has very descriptive ways of taking them all down um, in case they begin to, um, you know, they go, they turn evil. Because that's totally what Superman would do. It's actually a very clever, I mean, yeah, you know, he even has a way to how to take himself down because Batman is that thorough, right? You know what I mean? Um, and so I understand why he wants to take super, a way to take Superman down. But the undying hatred that he has for Superman just doesn't really, it does, it needs a little bit more, right? Um, like, like, have it be like, look, you may, do you know the death toll that you had, but all the countless people that you, that you let die, um, and, and you never once said sorry for it. And have Clark, as Superman, try to say, look, I, I'm not going to lie, I just put on the suit probably a week or two before, and, and I, I, at the time, did not understand the concept of my powers and what I'm trying to do, and, you know, like have it be a real discussion. Have and and just be like Batman. Just be like, I don't trust you. I feel like you're lying because if that's the case, you would have you would have not done what you've done. Um, the big thing though that sort of sets the last half of the movie off is the final fight, if it were Batman versus Superman, is um, Holly Hunter realizes too late that Lex Luthor has put a bomb. And Scoot McNeary, the, the, the security guard, remember him? Ah. And, uh, and they want Superman to testify um, and look at one of the people that he's hurt um, while he testifies. And before anything can happen, the whole uh, building just blows up, killing all the senators, all the people in the building. And literally, Superman isn't hurt by him, but so Superman is just sitting there and he, he just goes, I, I didn't hear it in time. I, I didn't, I couldn't stop it. And I wasn't thinking about it. I was just trying to... And that's the thing, is, like, have him own up to his selfishness in that. Like, I want people to see the good the good that, like, you see in me. Like, like, have that be a fucking bit of dialogue in the movie. Because, really, it's almost like I came there to defend myself because I'm tired of taking shit from people. Because I... And, like, look, the general... It hints at that because he's a good person. But it's literally almost like... I do good things. Why don't I get rewarded for it? God, I'm so angry. Stupid people don't think I'm Superman enough. Well, fuck them. I'll show them. I'll show up and testify. And then the bomb goes off. And Bruce is watching it live. And, it, and then he's just like, you know, oh, shit. I gotta fucking kill Superman. Because, sure. Um... <sighs> It, it, again, it goes into the idea that there are just little bit, little things here and there that are missing from the movie, and that draws into the final fight, um, where Bruce prepares, and uh, apparently Clark leaves a message for Batman at some point when Batman's doing something. Um, where again, Batman, Superman, for selfish reasons, is trying to, and it comes off as selfish. Like there's no joy. Like he's not telling Superman, Batman, like, hey. I want you to stop being evil because you're, you know, you're being evil. And like, there, but there's no real good dialogue with that. Like, they don't challenge each other. It's so goddamn frustrating. It, 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 I mean, look, things like this are always simple misunderstandings. But let there be dialogue about. It. Let there be like even conflicted dialogue. Like even the Avengers, um, when the, the the Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man stop fighting each other, there's still a little bit of tension there because, you know. They they they're sort of fighting for the same thing, but not necessarily. It's a they're on very shaky ground, but it's never really like that until the end of the movie. Um, when and I'll, we'll, but we'll get there. Sorry. So, um, Bruce Wayne finally gets, seals the kryptonite from LexCorp um, and starts building this gigantic spear. So when uh, so but but when Superman runs into him earlier and, and sort of threatens Batman, saying. That light comes up on the sky again in, in, in Gotham. I'll kill you. I'll break you. Which, again, like, but why? Like, fucking why? It's so stupid. I, I feel like, it just feels like it doesn't really make sense. Um, so anyway, Bruce's plan, he's, he's building up his super suit. He has kryptonite gas. He has a spear that, that is a giant 
Kryptonite Rock, and he is going to um, he is going to turn the bat signal on and get Superman in. What he doesn't realize is on apparently Gotham and, and uh, fucking Metropolis are like a bay, like they're in a, near near they're, they're across a bay from each other, which is ridiculous. Whatever. <laughs> um, he. Superman realizes that his mom has been kidnapped by Lex Luthor, and um, the only way that he will, that Lex will let his mother live, is that he needs to go over to Gotham, where the bat signal's on, fight Bruce Wayne as Batman, rip off his head, and bring it to him, and only then will he allow him to get his mother back, because only then will he feel the world will see that Superman is is something that should not be that should that should be killed that is, is inhuman and is a god that will crush us with the first second he, he can and you realize that he's been that Lex has been setting this whole thing up from the get go well maybe we it's really fucking unclear on some cases like you understand how he's been sort of toying with things a little bit um, like he knows Batman but that's what I'm saying like there are just you're making assumptions as an audience member of what's going on. I have no clue officially if that's the logic or reasoning being done in the movie. I, I, I really don't. If you had to ask me, well, does he know that Batman is after the kryptonite? Maybe. You don't know. Does And thus, that was his plan. Does he know that Superman is uh, getting fed up with the Senate hearings? Maybe, you guess. You don't know. Who started the Senate hearings? Why are they being held? You get a sense that it might have been Luther? Maybe you're not sure. You don't know. Why does Lex hate Superman? You definitely don't fucking know. Maybe his dad hit him. Ooh. Maybe it's because he doesn't like things he doesn't understand. Ooh. You you don't you don't know. And that is aggravating as a viewer. So you get to the final fight, and um, you. By the way, during all this, Wonder Woman or Bruce sees clips of the the fucking whatever, stupid bullshit, of the Justice League. I, I think it's ridiculous how they sort of did it. Um, it set up Wonder Woman, honestly, to be awesome. But I, I I just didn't care for Matter of fact, the Flash they have in there, Ezra Miller, God love him, I just did not care for it, what they did with him, their costume, what you saw of it. It just wasn't great. Also, to throw out there, I've been missing this key fact. Batman, Bruce has been having these bad fucking dreams, right? Of bad things happening, like someone coming out of Martha Martha Wayne's um, tombstone, like blood, and then a giant man bat comes out and eats Bruce. Um, there are other things where he relives the murder of his parents. He goes one where Superman's a bad guy, and the Flash comes back and says, "You were right about about him the entire time." Lois Lois Lane's the key, um, or whatever. Okay, so well, this is all going. So again, it's furthering Bruce's, but. Again, like, why? Like, wh why? <sighs> mm. Mm -mm. It's irksome that it doesn't make any... It, it, it doesn't provide anything to the narrative. Like, you know, like, there's sort of a reference that Wayne... Not Wayne. Alfred sort of knows that he's having bad dreams, but mention it talk about it. like that's the thing is that bruce and alfred have this the ones that i enjoy uh, from alfred there's a really give and take there. there's not just a father-son dynamic but there's a real give and take of sort of kind of like uh the apprentice turns into the master kind of back and forth that alfred and bruce have with each other um and jeremy irons is amazing again the whole cast in this movie i feel are, really are amazing in their roles but um so there's that and so like uh, but a little bit of dialogue would have gone a long way to establishing that. Uh, and so it comes down to the final fight. Uh, you, you learn that Lex puts Zod into a machine, mixes his blood, um, and, a few, and just genetically engineers Zod into a new creature called Doomsday. Uh, oh boy. Um, and he's starting to be cooked up. Meanwhile, uh, Batman and Superman are fighting each other. And um, Batman is just is weakening Clark and beating the shit out of him. And it's a really good... It's actually a neat fight. It's well done, well handled, beautifully shot. Um, and he's going to... And the, the master plan is, is he's going to take the kryptonite sphere, Bruce's, as Batman, and he's going to kill him. 
Of course. But but the thing is, it's funny, is that when Clark goes to Batman, he doesn't go there to fight him, even though Lex tells him that's what... He only, you only have, like, 30 minutes before you bring me Bruce's head, or Batman's head, whatever. But, you know, you... Like, he goes to him saying, I need your help. I was really wrong about this. And But at no point does Superman just stop and just go, I don't want to fight you. Like, and that, I think, is even more heartbreaking. Like, it needs... It needs to be Batman beating, like, look, I hate to say this, but Batman needs to sort of be the bad guy in this um, until he realizes what's wrong. Um, and there needs to be some question of doubt, like, of Batman going, like, I, I respect that Batman, that Bruce truly believes that Superman is 100% pure evil, right? There's a part of me that, that gets and respects that. But he's human, so there's going to be a little bit of self-doubt in his head. Like, Maybe have him talk about, like, argue with, with Alfred that, you know, look, as a detective, uh, and, you know, the world's greatest detective, you should probably know that there's a, there's a chance that he isn't evil, Bruce. You know, he, and he's having to talk about, I've thought about that, and I don't see possibly how it's possible. He's a god, he's a, he's, he's a god from another world. He doesn't understand humans. He does not relate to us on any level. Um... You know, he wasn't raised by us, blah, 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 blah. He's living amongst us, we think. But that's what I'm saying, like, create an argument of why Bruce believes so for... And then, and then not just tie it into the footage we saw at the beginning of the movie, which in itself is powerful. It speaks volumes. But, like, let's show a bit of Bruce's heart and soul that, you know, that... He, he just somehow connected to something else. Because right now, we are just watching a bunch of children having temper tantrums because they need to have temper tantrums. If not, nobody will fight each other. And that's ridiculous. You know, don't have Clark lose his temper to Bruce. Because that's technically how I feel the, mo the movie, like, Clark fights Batman. Not because he's defending himself. It's just it's like, all right, that's it. You pissed me off, and now I'm going to fucking break you. It's ridiculous. Like, have like Superman needs to be the voice of reason during that whole final fight and just be like, look, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. Please, let's just not fight each other and let's, you know, let's talk about this. I need your help. Because that's, I will say, I was actually moved when he first went to Bruce. He, and Bruce steps back, Batman steps back. And you're like, is it because, is Bruce scared? Because that's the thing is, you guys sense that Bruce is scared of, of Superman, that he will break him and kill him just like that. But you realize, no, it's not that at all. He, ha he has a booby trap that when Superman crosses a point, he gets hit with, like, I think sound waves or something, and then uh, bombs start blowing him up or whatever, and, and he, you know, picks up a manhole cover or something, rips it in half, and destroys the speakers or whatever that's creating the sound blast or whatever, and then he uses his heat vision to destroy the gun turrets and all that. And then, and you're going, oh my god, like, have him keep talking, have him keep trying to say... And he does, he does. He's like, look, I really need your help, and I really need to. But then at some point, he just, he flicks Batman like a, like, like, you know, like a, like a, a fly by a human just getting smacked around. Like, he just specks him, like, flicks him, and he goes sliding. And you're just going, no, wait a second. No, 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 And even ha but I, it, it's really aggravating, because at no point I feel at that point, at least from my memory of it, is that he doesn't try to sit there and say, look, I don't want to fight you. You know, and if he does, it it's not believable because he doesn't keep fighting for it. He doesn't keep trying to. You know, it's not a measure of defending himself at that point. It, it's like you know what you you're gonna fight. All right, I want to fight you, but here we go. It's not that at all. It, it's more of a I don't want to, or like have it become more like I don't want to fight you, but if we're gonna fight, like there's not a lot of. It's just like, hey, I don't want to fight you. Ow, you hurt me. I'm gonna fight now. Again, it's spoiled children having temper tantrums with each other because that's what is needed for the fight to happen. Now, during all this, um, Doomsday is breaking free. He's being born, and he starts causing some shit. Um, while this is all going down, Lois Lane is going to find Clark, uh, who's fighting Bruce in an abandoned, which is very important. They keep telling us multiple times, people, that uh, the part of Gotham City that they're fighting in is abandoned. And by the way, the whole city of Metropolis... Also abandoned. yippee ki -yay, motherfuckers. It's abandoned. By the way, did you know Metropolis is abandoned? Just want to let you know so you know nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, 
uh, Lois shows up, and uh, Clark is about ready to get killed, run through by the spear, when um, Superman uh, starts going, before, if you're going to do this, just save Martha. And that's when he's like, when, when Bruce is like, whoa! Martha, why did you say that name? Why did you say the name of Martha? My mom, mother, Martha. And he's like, and that's when Lois shows up. He's like, no, no, no. His mother is a human named Martha. That's, that's his mother's, his human mother's name. And that's when Bruce is like, oh, shit. You have a mother named Martha? I have a mother named Martha. Let's be friends. Really? Really? Here's the thing. On paper... That is a beautiful idea, but because he, like, oh, it, it's not earned. It feels just like a little bit like a, it's, it, the thing is too, is it's clever. I have never once thought that Jonathan and Martha Kent are that. There, there's never that moment of just going like, oh, okay, it, it that, that actually means something. It's more like a, oh, that's pretty lazily handled don't you think they're not really handled at all really it's heartbreaking and so they fight doomsday comes out and they realize the only way they can stop him is by taking the spear running them through and um whatever well here's the problem uh the only way they can get close enough is they need to shoot the the last canister of kryptonite gas at doomsday but but in the process that will weaken superman who's the really the closest you can get in there to stop and kill doomsday and they, they're given a reprieve and with some time to get things in order when Wonder Woman shows up and helps save the day, which Wonder Woman is amazing. Um, I feel like they properly teased her in this movie, and I thought that was neat, um, and that's fine. I actually didn't have a problem with how Wonder Woman was handled. I feel like they, it was more of a tease to get you ready for the Wonder Woman movie. But, um, you know, the death of Superman is what occurs, and... Um, I, I I felt sad for the same reason that when I watched the 2010, 2012, whatever, Ninja Turtle movie came out, is, is that I grew up with Superman. I grew up with Batman. I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. I grew up with Master Splinter. I grew up with Spider-Man. I grew up with all these characters. I grew up with Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, etc., Han Solo. So when I see Splinter get the shit kicked out of him in, in the, new, the, the new reboot live-action Ninja Turtle movie, you're watching something from your childhood get the shit. You're, you're seeing something from your childhood getting the life taken out of it. And of course, when reality sets in, you realize that the story doesn't earn that. Doesn't earn that moment of, you know, like if they would have done that to Splinter in the in the original live action movie, um, and they shown him getting the shit kicked out of him, it would have been I feel a little bit more heartbreaking because you get a sense that Splinter truly cares about his sons that. Um, despite his sternness and how he treats them, um, that there's a, f- a real frailty there. Um, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's just from the emotions of Jim Henson Puppet Shop and the character they've breathed life into and with the writing. But that movie of Turtles doesn't have it. And the same goes here. That final fight with Superman, like, it, it just feels like, oh, Superman's dead, so I guess we, because he saved us, we have to feel sad. You know, like, there should be a real moment where Batman realizes that Superman is actually a friend of the people. It's not just because our mothers are Martha. That's a starting point. That's a point for him to just sort of kind of wake up and go, you know what, I've been a little deranged, I've been thinking the wrong thing. But, no, it, 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 it should be a jumping off point. Like, have it be that Superman saves someone else other than Lois. Like, have it be that Doomsday starts to... Because that's the one of the things I really love about the death of Superman. Superman, in the comic book, and during the death of Superman storyline, really, like, it, it was a, a, a all-out fight to the death. Um, and I would have really liked to have seen some of those epic shots, those epic fight panels, like, sort of, like... You know, the, the, I, look, it doesn't have to be the actual final punch, but have him see that do that where he holds both of his hands and he just kind of does like an uppercut to, you know, to punch him. And Doomsday with one hand because he's so huge just punches him too. Like, let's see some of that. Let's see some of that iconic imagery. And of all people, fucking Zack Snyder. What the fuck? It's like a wasted opportunity. So what the hell, man? And then, of course, he dies. And then, at that point, Bruce, though, is like, oh, oh, I, I'm, I, he's my friend now. 
sadness is had. But day is saved, but hey, Wonder Woman, what's up? And you realize there are two uh, funerals. There's one that the government gives him, a soldier's funeral. And then there's the real one for Clark, which is back in um, Smallville. Um, and Bruce and Wonder Woman sort of watch from afar and discuss about how we need to get a team together. And that's the end of the movie. With the dirt starting to circle, meaning that Clark is probably not dead. Well, duh, no shit. It's Justice League teeing up, being teed up. <coughs> so, that's the movie, and those are my thoughts as we go. Um, but now, I keep talking about this analogy. And I, I hate to say this, but it's now time to talk about the real problems with Man of Steel. And, or Man of Steel 2, or Batman vs. Superman. And it comes down to a simple fact. That we need to... Uh, I, I usually I'm a big component of let's not have the argument of Marvel versus DC. We just can't. We just shouldn't. We need to start now having that conversation. Because look, at the end of the day, Marvel and DC are companies that are owned by, by parent companies. Which they're all about making... It's about the bottom line and making money, right? Disney is owned by... Disney owns Marvel. Warner Brothers owns DC. Which in, in, in a way is actually very just classic, right? Um... Marvel has sort of the more shinier characters. DC has the darker characters. Whatever. That's fine. Right? And and that's cool. But I equate it to that there's a mom and pop shop, right, in New York. They make really great food, both of them. There's DC's Diners and uh, 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 Modern Marvel's Restaurant. Okay? And both of them make fantastic food. But... They're going to try going to a different market to see how it works. They're going to expand their brand outside of their normal restaurant and, and go to, say, like where I'm from, Columbus, Ohio. They open a restaurant. Now, here's the best part. They hire uh, people, both of them hire people that give them the best ingredients, the best recipes in the entire world, right? Wonderful recipes, wonderful ways, wonderful food to cook. Now, the difference is, is that both of them are concerned about the bottom line. Both of them are concerned about staying in business. Both of them are concerned about, about making food that will make people want to come back. And sometimes they have celebrity chefs come in to the, the, the spinoff restaurant and maybe cook for a bit. DC's Diner, though, feels like they, they have a lot of great ingredients. But the chef or the, the person who owns that's running the restaurant that invited the chef in is fucking shit up. And that's really frustrating to me. Because look, at the end of the day, look, I get that. Marvel's all about making money. DC's all about making money. But DC and Marvel give a different perception. And Marvel has, the proof is in the pudding for Marvel, right? Marvel gives the impression and gives the perception that they give a shit about their movies. That that nine times out of ten, people like they have a whole list of movies that people have been going to and going. I really like that movie. Like I don't, I have not heard much. Uh, uh, virtual petrol or venom, as I'm hearing with Batman versus Superman, where they just don't like the movie. You walk out of a Marvel movie, very rarely do you hear people not like it. Like. A lot of people who walked out of Age of Ultron thought that it was an okay movie, um, but they thought that it was too bloated. It was too again valid points, but they 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 don't sit there and say, you know what, I'm never going to see another Marvel movie again. They just ruined everything. Like you watch Batman and Superman, and you get a general sense of like this is what we're looking forward to. Ugh. They don't set up any of the characters beforehand. Like, they're taking a guess that you know that Batman has, you know, his parents were murdered. I, I get that. Um, but there are some really basic things that were just fucked up in the movie. Like, there's one part of the movie, it was one of my favorite scenes, and they still butchered it, where Clark um, disappears after the Senate bombing. He, he doesn't know what to do. He, he's heartbroken because people hate him. He's getting blamed for something that he didn't do, he wasn't aware of, and he knows people want to kill him. And he, he's like backpacking in Tibet, of all things. And he runs into his father, Jonathan Kent, Paul Kent. 
played by Kevin Costner, the wonderful Kevin Costner. And it's a wonderful scene. But there's no heart there. It's just like, I miss you, Dad. I miss you, too. There's not a semblance of, like, look, like, or maybe a discussion that Superman does what he does because of his father and what his father and mother instilled in him on Earth. There's never that discussion. That would be huge insight into a character who seems so fucking joyless that he hates every fucking thing that he does. That you fucking question, why the fuck are you Superman? Why don't you let shit just happen? Fuck those people. They don't give a fuck about you. You want to just fuck, fuck Lois Lane. That's okay. I hate to say it with such, such venom in that and, and such language, but it's so goddamn frustrating. And that at the end of the, like, look, at the end of the day of Age of Ultron, I can, I can tell you from a, for a fact that I walked away from that movie getting a clear sense of what Marvel was trying to do, which was they were clearly setting up the Infinity Stones for the Avengers 3. They were setting up a bit of a discord between Captain America and Tony Stark, which was always sort of there, but they were sort of setting it up just a bit. They're, they're giving hints of it. They're setting up the next set of movies, but more than that, they made Hawkeye a character you gave a shit about. That's freaking huge, people. Now, look, was that really probably the real thing they wanted to do just with that? No. But if you watch that movie, you get a sense that they, you walk away from that movie going, they set up everything else that's to come past this. Could they have probably done better with Ultron? Yes, but the general consensus for that movie is that it, it was a fun movie. It's a little bloated, and they probably could have had some more scenes in there. But you know what? You, you get a general sense as, a, as, as someone who wanted to be a filmmaker. You, I walk out of Age of Ultron going, you know what? That movie, was it 100% success for what they were trying to do? No. Marvel, they, they tried to stick too much stuff in there, and it got a little bloated. It got a little bit too much. But... Um, you know, I feel I walked away with a clear sense that Marvel was trying to do something with that movie, and I feel that they, for the most part, did it. I watched this movie where they're trying to set up the entire fucking Justice League's movies, franchises, whatever, the movie, the DC Universe, and I, I just get depressed because I feel like they didn't, poor characterizations, characters who just do things because they have temper tantrums, and really because characters are needed to do things so they can move the plot forward aka batman fights superman like it, it's ridiculous and that's what is so frustrating and that's why i use the analogy it's about so marvel will have marvel's marvelous diner or whatever will have people come in and make the food like joss whedon as a chef will celebrity chef will make the food and you can you hear rumblings that you know what the executives at marvel like kevin feige or whoever sort of pushed josh in, into an area he didn't want to go um, and again, you can sit there and go, and you know what? Marvel doesn't necessarily shy away from debunking that necessarily. So they kind of own up to it without owning up to it. You go to DC and DC's like, you know, like Green Lantern. Green Lantern was DC Diner or DC trying to just mimic what Marvel was doing. Like they never took a second to go, let's make a Green Lantern movie that's really good. Let's make a Green Lantern movie that will be like Iron Man, that will, but also kick off the DC Universe. And it didn't work. And granted, that's also a bad example, a little bit just because they had the writer's strike to deal with. Like, I really felt like Green Lantern, the entire movie, was Ryan Reynolds going, guys, I'm so excited. I'm the Green Lantern. Wait till I show up in the last half of the movie. And it, and of course, sucked a little bit. Like, that final fight was actually pretty cool, but it's like, what, maybe five minutes long, and no one cares at that point. Um, and again, I really feel it's due to the fact that the the you know, the writer's strike impeded things. Because these movies get changed every day. I don't care what anyone says, Ben Affleck probably did write the script every day on set for Batman vs. Superman. Because that's how these things work. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. D did th does that all the time on every movie he's on. Stars do that. They tweak the dialogue. They make it work for their characters. Sometimes they probably work on it before shooting, depending on how it's done. Like, J.J. Abrams apparently had a lot of read-throughs and rehearsals. They probably work on that stuff then, and then when they go to shoot it, that's when they have most stuff ironed out until they're in the moment, in the scene, where they realize, you know what, this dialogue might not work this way because of the way our set is or something. <clears throat> it's just how, it's the realities of the situation. So for to, for Zack Snyder and DC, like, oh, Ben Affleck didn't rewrite anything, the script was just that good. That's bullshit, man. Don't fucking lie about it. And again, it's just the general perception that DC's there to make money, and that's really it. They don't care that the movie is not that great. 
that it could have been and should have been as good as a Marvel movie. Because look, I am always open in saying that I'm a Marvel fan through and through. I choose Marvel over DC any day. But I never want to go into a DC Comics movie wanting it to fail. Green Lantern, I was super excited to see that movie. Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, I was super excited to see these movies. Man, Batman vs. Superman, not as much just because I was disappointed with Man of Steel. But I was also giving, going, you know what? They will probably try to correct the mistakes of the first Man of Steel, which they did try to do a little bit, but then it's like they sort of half-assed it. Um, I just really want... I, I want to go into a DC movie and walk out going, you know what? Fuck Marvel. DC just upped the ante. Let's go, Marvel. Let's see what you got. I don't, I have, That never happened, though. And it's so disappointing. I want to love Batman vs. Superman so much. And I feel like they just let me down. And I think they let a lot of other people down, too. Now, with that being said, was it a horrible movie? No. I get, I'm very passionate about it because, again... I don't want DC Comics to fail. I want them to do a movie successfully. But it was not the end-all, be-all movie. I didn't, I, as a matter of fact, I walked out of that movie going, you know what, that movie wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. Were all the complaints that people said, were they true? Yes. But at no point did I ever sit there and go, oh my God, that movie was horrible. I, never again, never again. That never once happened. So, um, yeah. It's a, it's a very weird thing. So you just heard me sort of complain about how dark and joyless the movie is and how the characters lack motivation. Does that mean the movie's bad? No, there's a lot of really great moments peppered throughout. Again, it, it, that's why I use the analogy of the diner, the chef. Because there are some moments in the movie that Zack Snyder handles beautifully. They're shot beautifully. They're, they're composed beautifully. The actors just fucking do their best that they can with it. But there are just little moments of just like, why do characters do things? Why Why... How, why do they feel a way that they feel? You know, uh, Pixar has very much said openly that I think it's Andrew Stanton and John Lasser both and maybe um, uh, Pete Docter have said this about their movies at Pixar, that an audience knows that they're seeing 2, two plus 2 plus 4. But if you don't tell them that 2 plus 2 plus 4 and you let them add it up, they will love you for it. I feel like... Zack Snyder felt like, okay, kids, come into the classroom. And everyone in the theater or the kid in the classroom are just like, are we doing math or science? Because I can't tell. Like, that's how it feels. Like, the characters just sort of do things for no real reason. Like, I, like look, I don't care that you're letting us figure some stuff out. But for God's sake, at least have it make sense. Like, let there be building blocks for that kind of conclusion that's being made. And I don't feel that they do that at all. And it's why it's so depressing that this movie, I feel, fails on so many levels. Um, that it hinders it from being better than... Matter of fact, if they would have had little moments like that in the movie, I would have actually walked out of that movie going, that was a great movie. I cannot 100% wait for the actual next Justice League movie, whatever that might be. Um, you know, I, I just feel like, and that's why I, I, I feel like it comes down to how Marvel and DC do things need to be looked at. And DC needs to just, you know, stop trying to catch up with Marvel. Worry about creating a good story. Worry about fixing the food properly. You have all the right ingredients. You have a great recipe. Just make the food right. Make the movie right. And that's all there is to it. And I know that sounds way simpler to do in practice because there's a lot of moving parts and all that. But look, Warner Brothers will give you the extra money to fix the movie. Now, there is also a, apparently a 30 to 40 minute extra scenes worth of, of footage that's going to be edited in for the DVD release. I am terrified about, like, are those other storylines that got cut out that are sort of half-assed? Jesus, I, I don't know. I can only assume... And I assume so with dread. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to me rant for an hour or so about Man of Steel 2, a.k.a. Electric Boogaloo, a.k.a. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. What did you think of the movie? Do you sort of agree with me that the movie was just sort of okay, but it should have been better? Did you absolutely love the movie? Did you absolutely hate the movie? 
let me know. Email me at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. Tweet me at goodbaggeeky or leave us a voicemail. Uh, the phone number is in the show notes. Um, or go to our Facebook page and comment in the comment section. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Thanks. Something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what song is that?